Today on The Breakdown, Cowboy Dan Smith, Six Shooter, Spurs, Stirrups, Cows, Horses. I'm just going to name other things that might be on ranches. Ranches. Dressing. Ranch dressing's got to be there, right? That's where they came up with that, surely, right? Um, Dan Smith, actually known for his love of ranch dressing and also known for his love of the main event of the World Series of Poker, because guess what, people? He's playing in it at least in this hand that we're doing. And it's day four, and it is one of the show of your hands from the World Series of Poker main event this year. And it's up against Aaron Zhang. And Aaron Zhang is the guy who really took the poker world by storm a little bit in terms of what the hell was going on. He was playing a million hands. He was putting a lot of pressure on everyone. He had a huge stack, and Dan Smith had to play a lot of hands against him because they were at the same table. And, you know... There may have been times when Dan Smith just wanted to crawl up in that little cowboy hat and, you know, be safe from the world because Aaron Zang was putting him in some tough spots. And here's one of them. We're going to get to it now on the breakdown, the BD, the breakdown <laughs> with Grant Denison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> I think you're probably not giving Dan Smith enough credit there. What, what do you mean? Dan Smith wants to crawl up into a cowboy hat because <laughs> there's a maniac in the main event. Dan Smith plays million-dollar buy-ins. Yeah. He, he's, he loves this spot. It's an incredible spot for him. It's a great spot. Um, yeah. He's on the guys left. Sometimes it's hard, though. Sometimes there's a, sometimes you're still put in really difficult that is, decision That is true, points. but the overall spot is incredible for Dan Smith. Of course, but I'm talking about this localized spot because we're doing a breakdown of one hand in this Might spot. Might want to crawl up in his cowboy hat. It's yeah. not easy, is it? Do you, you saw the video. Does Dan Smith look like happy and calm and like totally like yeah. he's having a great he's like, time? I'm Dan fucking Smith. <laughs> Whatever happens here is going, life's going pretty well. Yeah, it is going pretty well, but he may not feel that way. Yeah. Even if it's true. You it's know. true. It's all relative, right? It is weirdly all relative. Yeah. It's too bad that that's how it works, but that is just how it works. Damn humanity and our proclivities towards relativity. Uh, we, uh, you know, whatever problems you have, you know, you're the star of your own movie and those yeah. are real problems to you and that's that, right? Right. Like, that's, it sucks. It does. <laughs> it sucks that that's the world, but yeah, that's if we the could world. Just, if we could just get out of that mindset, but you know, that's not our job. We're, we're not mindset people. We don't know how to do that. We're, we're bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a mindset person. So ranch dressing, Dan Smith, huh? He yeah. loves that in the main event. So if you're He's ever known for that, if you're ever in the main event and you move to a new table and like the chips got a little bit of ranch dressing on them and the cards a little bit, Dan Smith either just busted or got moved from that table. Yeah. Most likely is what you're saying. He, uh, some little known facts about Dan Smith while we're doing Dan Smith stuff. Um, his nickname at the poker table, you might think it's like Cowboy Dan Smith. It's not. It's actually Thousand Island because he hates Thousand Island dressing so ah, much. And they that's love like a trolling it. It's trolling a hardcore thing. troll, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's one thing. Right, of course. It's like, it's like Xbox versus P- PlayStation people, you know, like the ranch yeah. dressing versus the Thousand Island people. There's <laughs> massive brand loyalty for no real reason. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is in the world now, it yeah. feels like. You know, pick a side, whatever side is. The other side is dumb and stupid, and they say stupid things yeah. no matter what we're talking about. It feels like that's the way it is. Except you and me, Grant, who have mutual respect for each other, even when we disagree. That is what I've led you to believe. <laughs> yes. yes, and I continue to believe it even when you say that. That's how deep the con Should goes. I, is this a good time to go on a brand loyalty rant? Should I do that? Um, yeah. Because yeah, I think you'll probably agree with me in most of these cases, Jonathan Levy. Whoa, that felt like an anti-Semitic thing, the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, can see how, I actually can see that. After, after yeah. hearing it again after you said that. Wow. Yeah. I regret the way that was said. We are keeping case. it. Of course we're right keeping it. It was, it was a gold moment. It was not on purpose, obviously. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> With that as the backdrop, <laughs> let's have this brand loyalty discussion. Hit me. Um, so if you're a listener and, and you find yourself wrapped up in these discussions, like what's better, Apple or Android, or what's better, PlayStation or Xbox? Coke you like, or Pepsi. And you get like mad at the other people who have the opposite opinion. If you're, if you're a big Apple person, you're like, this person says that the Samsung Galaxy whatever is better than the newest iPhone. And you're like, that person's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like, If that's you... Probably take a step back and rethink that for a second. Like, who gives a shit yeah. is really the question with almost every brand loyalty spot. The car brand that you care about, the phone brand that you care about, the video game brand that you care about, the computer brand, the candy bar. It doesn't fucking matter if somebody else likes a different brand. It doesn't matter at all. Like, give it up. Let it be. 
You know, that's my whole rant. I'm over. That was shorter than I expected. Yeah. Um, are, are we in agreement? Jonathan Levy? <laughs> <laughs> are you and your people in agreement, <laughs> Jonathan Levy? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm very much not a brand loyalty kind of a guy. I have an iPad and an Android phone. Like, not many people have that, right? Yeah. But I'm like, I like, am happily There's agnostic. actually practical reasons that a lot of people don't have that, but... But uh, you do still make a good point. What do you mean practical reasons? Like Your what? iPhone will interact better with your iPad than your Android phone will. Right. Yeah. Sure. But that's part of how they suck you in, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, have, I actually have you know, some Apple computers, but I also have some Windows computers, although I never use the Windows computers for anything except very specific tasks that only Windows computers can be used for because they are clearly not as good. Um, but I don't think someone's stupid for having a Windows computer. Right. I don't care, as you're saying. And in fact... There's often really good reasons why people have their, you know, think their thing is better. And it's sometimes useful to find out what they are because then it's like, oh, I want that too. Yeah. You know, like um, I used to be an iPhone guy. And then at some point I was like, you know, the phones are kind of all the same now. And iPhones, I can get a phone for like 40% of the price that is basically just as good and even has some features that the, the iPhone doesn't have. I'm in. You know, and I started doing that. And I've been very, very happy with my Android purchases ever since, you know, and, and plan to stay on the Android train. Although I did consider getting an iPhone right. recently. Well, you're, well, it's not that you care about staying on the Android train. That You're just right. agnostic to it. And if, yes. if the opportunity presents itself that the Apple deal is like, is, it's a better deal financially or it makes a lot more sense for another practical reason, then you'd do that. For sure. Yeah. Um, if I felt I was getting the same bang for my buck, I probably would get an Apple phone because it's part of the whole ecosystem. And, it's a little and your cleaner. other stuff is mostly Apple stuff. Yeah. yeah. But that said, I actually, I sort of like not being all of, all one color anyway. You In know a I mean? way, though, if that's part of the reason that you yeah. have an Android phone, you're almost as bad as the brand loyalty. People. But I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it to um, to be contrarian, though. I'm doing it because like I feel like I'm getting better bang for my buck, and I get there are features I get with my Android phone that I still can't really get with the iPhone. What's an example? I'm just curious. The best example is the charging and the battery. So like this, the phone that I have right now is four years old. I'm going to replace it really soon because it's four fucking years old. But it still works so well. When I got it, its battery lasted for over two days, even with real use, mm-hmm. um, for like a year and a half. It was like two strong days of battery. And when it goes to zero, I can charge it in less than 30 minutes to 100%. It's like a miracle compared to all the phones. All, not just... Apple, by the way, most Android phones also don't have this feature. So to me, that was like a really big deal and something I, I really value. Mm. And the, the, quick, the fast charge, the turbo charge feature, like I put this thing in for 15 minutes, I think it goes from 20% to 80%. Like it's wild. So that's Are you really useful. Are you selling me a phone right now? I mean, I can get you in this phone, this four year old phone, like pretty, at, at a number you're going to love. Yeah. What do I have to do right now that you buy this phone? You know, you're going to have to do a breakdown with Aaron. You can send email with it. Aaron Zhang. You're going to have to start by doing uh, a breakdown with Aaron Zhang and Dan Smith with okay. me. Well, and that, that'll be a start. We can talk about it more That's after. a great start. Yeah. We can do that. Um, anyway, yeah. So that, to me, that's the, the most obvious, like, exciting feature that it's hard to go back to something where, like, the, the, the super fast charge isn't there for me anyway, because, like, I'm used to it and I like it. Yeah. I really like that. You don't have good charging discipline? You don't charge every night or anything? Um, sometimes I do, but I'll forget once in a while. And like when we would go play at the World Series, this always really showed up for me in the World Series where um, like, now this is back at the Rio. I haven't been there, you know, at the new place, so maybe it's different. But at the Rio, this was, if it was the second year of having an iPhone, the battery would always go right when I was playing the World Series. Well, it would get really rough. Yeah. And to, I was using my phone a lot, but still. To be fair to the phones they were using then, that's many years ago, of course. That is true. That is true. Um, but uh, but I really really didn't like that and so and then also like I would have to charge it for a while to get it back where I needed it to go to then go out and do stuff like for any amount of time which I also really didn't like so this like solves both of those problems. Uh, the real really was well. the real was a phone killer. What was with that? It was so weird. Phones just die faster there. Yeah, remember? I mean, all those guys did was stand there and sell, try and sell you chargers as you yeah. walk by, right? I mean, were they paying the Rio somehow to like sap the energy of the phones? <laughs> it seems unlikely. Yeah, it seems if you had that technology, you could probably do better than try and sell phone chargers to poker players who do not care as you walk by. Those guys are there every year, though. They no. must be doing well enough. They're doing well enough, but they ain't doing great. Yeah, because I've never seen anyone buy one of those, and I never thought about buying one. Those right? booths aren't cheap, though. Yep. Yeah, I know. We looked into that once. Didn't it's like five k for the series or something like yeah. that. And so that's probably got, for like the worst location. You got to figure you're selling those chargers for like forty or fifty bucks, and you are buying them for like three dollars right so you don't have to sell that many 
to get there if you're there for months. Of course, you also have to pay, you have for to your pay yourself. Yeah. yeah. But maybe you can sell, I don't know, if you sell 100 a day. Oh, that would be no problem. Oh, that's you. more than enough. Yeah. yeah. I doubt they're selling that many. Okay. 50 a day. Yeah. Get you there too. No problem though. Yeah, I guess so. So there you go. Maybe you can sell 50 a day. I don't know. 50 is a lot. I don't know. You, I mean, you probably only sell, you most likely are only selling one per person who's going to buy it. And yeah. of the pool, how many, what percentage of people are actually going to buy it? Yeah, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. Um, it's bizarre to me that that's been a... Con- I get why there's so many masseuses. I don't, I've never understood why there's so many... By the way, all that stuff. How about like the oxygen bar? Oh, yeah. What the fuck, man? But the thing is, though, I haven't bought anything from any of those booths except for if you get one of those wristbands that makes it so you balance better. Oh, you have to uh, get No, I, got, I definitely... I've bought a few of those I mean, you got, you, every you, year. Those balance tests really <laughs> oh, show you how God. out it's of a, it's, alignment you it's are. It's basically <laughs> God at work on Earth. <laughs> Yeah, no, don't this, buy those things, yeah, guys. Yeah, stupid those shit. Those are lies and fake. So don't do that and don't be brand loyal. Those are the lessons of today's We did it. We, we've all, we're all a little bit smarter and a little wiser and a little bit more, you know, ready for the world. Yeah, this is why it's a really good, uh, this is not an ad at all, but I'm a big advocate of consumer reports. Yes. So like that's, that's a, like, because they are not paid by anyone. It's a non, it's a nonprofit. No, no brands benefit from the consumer reports ratings. They're completely independent. And yeah. that is the only thing you can truly trust for for reviews of products, right? Because anything else is getting affiliate money or something, even like the New York Times wire cutter, which I think does a pretty decent job. Oh yeah, they do. Products. They, they're in a, like, they're not necessarily compromised, but there's, there's room for compromise there because they are a for-profit organization and they get affiliate money and stuff like that. And consumer reports is a, a subscriber model, nonprofit yeah. organization. I hear you. And I, I don't disagree, but I want to just, I mean, I can't believe I'm defending wire cutter. Who cares? But, um, like they get affiliate money, but they just like rate all the different things. And they like, you can buy, and you know, they give yeah. you a link for buying any of them. And so like, it's all you know, right. But so whatever ones they rate highly, but they rate highly, you know, but there's nothing in their business model that says a brand can't pay them to rate a brand higher. Although I don't, I mean, I'm sure that it's in their. I'm sure they're not allowed to do that as the New York times. You Probably know, I'm sure not. That's they're, totally not on board at all. In fact, their, their ratings are very reliable and very, I good. agree with that. Anyway, let's not talk about this. Anymore. Okay. We won't. It's dumb. Okay. Hey, let's talk about this other thing. Aaron Zhang. Now, to be clear, this is not the Aaron Zhang that won the million pound Triton event a few years back. The biggest buy in ever, the biggest prize ever. Yeah, that's where Bryn Kenny finished second for 20 million or something. Yeah. Uh, and bought that $500,000 bottle of champagne or whatever it was. Um, this is different Aaron Zhang. In fact, his, if you look him up on the Hennin Mob um, and even WSOP.com, he's not called Aaron Zhang. He's called Zilong Zhang, and we think Aaron Zhang is his, like, his U.S. or Americanized name. He does but, live in the United uh, States. But Ali Najad called him Aaron Zhang, yes. so we're going to call him Aaron Zhang. Yeah, and we've seen him called Aaron Zhang in other places as well. But here's the game we're going to play. We, sometimes we play the Hennin game. Yeah. We're going to play the Hennin game. We got Dan Smith and Aaron Zhang. This is going to be hard. I'm going to give you a little bit of information on Aaron Zhang to make it, because you probably know nothing about this guy, except that he's playing here, right? Yeah. You, see, you see how he plays this hand. Um, he, on Hendon, he's probably got roughly 35 caches, okay. just to give you a sense of it. Um, all right, that's it. I don't know what else to give you. You know he's made it to day four, at least in this event. That's all you got. You see how he plays this hand. Yeah. Uh, I know he made it deeper than this. Mm-hmm. Um, What's his, what's his total live earnings on Hendon? 1.1 million. It's a little bit less than that. It's $238,000. Oh, my God. His, his biggest live cash is $62,500, even, which I think is like day five of... Uh, right. So this is... Nobody's going to bust in this hand. Spoiler alert. But Oh, yeah. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, still, it's still a wild, wild hand. Hey, while we're doing it, we'll just do a quick Dan Smith uh, one, two. All right. Dan uh, Smith, 41 million. 41 million. Now I have to look it up because I lost the page. Uh, d- there's no way it's going to be that high. That's what I say. And I'm still looking and struggling mightily. You can't find suck. Dan Smith on Hendon? It's not going the way it's supposed to. Hold is, on. Is it because Hold on. his name is too common? Dan there Smith. he is. I finally got him. God, that was hard. Uh, oh, my gosh. 39 million, too. You did great. You're I, so good at these guys. Okay, and you were never well, going to get I was way off Aaron Zay. You were never going to get that. It's a, it's a miracle you got within 20%. Of yeah. it. I mean, no, it isn't. But... The Dan Smith, forty-one million. That's impressive. Well, I mean, he's he's one of the biggest money winners, right? He's like fifteenth all time or, or higher. He's like seventh, seventh, yeah, yeah, thirty-nine million, seventh. It's pretty good, man. Can you name the top five money winners at this point? Mm, probably not, but probably I can not. try. Go ahead, um, Michael Adamo in one year, but not yet. Uh, mm. 
That's so right. Chidwick's up there. I think he's fourth, something like that. He is fourth. Wow. 43 million. Bryn Kenny. Bryn Kenny is second with? Uh, 51? 57. 57, okay. Three more guys. Bonomo. Bonomo. What number is he? One. That's right. With, with 58. 57.5. Okay. He's, he's got Bryn, Bryn Kenny by a little less than 300K. So I have Chidwick, Bonomo, and Kenny. You got two more. Negranu. Negranu, very good. What number is he? 47 million. Uh, 46. Where is he? So he's in the top five. He's number... Three. Yep. And number five is... It's this not, is really impressive. You've named all... You've got, you're four for four, right? It's not Eric Seidel, I don't think. Okay. So who is it? If it's not Seidel, it's... <laughs> I'm thinking. Okay. I need some time on this one. Yeah, don't take too long. Uh, don't take too long? Yeah. Like, let's go. It's uh, Eric Seidel. It's, it is Eric Seidel. Okay. Good job. At five. And how much money is on the Eric Seidel? 41. Yeah, I guess you know it's more than 39, right? It is 41. That was incredible. Thank you. Five for five. I think I said I did say that Kenny was two, and maybe you would have thought Kenny was one if I didn't Well, it doesn't say matter. Anything. I was always going to get Kenny and Bonomo. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, I was going to ask you to oh, put yeah, them in order, too. So maybe you would have gotten that wrong. I don't know. Everything else I you think got I would have had Kenny ahead of Bonomo. Yeah, it's reasonable. That was incredible. Thank you. Wow. Wow. You are Frickin' savant with that stuff. Well, okay. I don't. I don't think I could do six through ten though. I know Dan Smith is seven now, but I don't really know anything else. Um, I mean, you could probably put it together and come up with a pretty good list, is my guess, and be at least close. I don't, I don't know like if we it. want to do that right now, I but don't I'm just saying you could. Let's, I'm not going to give it away. We may do it in the future. Maybe we could get to the hand and delve into this cowboy ranch dressing whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to play a big part, the Cowboy Ranch dressing thing. Yeah. Hey, this hand was suggested on Discord by Let Me Win One and Stuart Young. Stuart Young might have suggested on Twitter. I'm not sure. He actually suggested it in person. In person. Okay, yeah, because Stuart Young is from Portland where we live and play poker. And he's, uh, he, he suggested this hand, honestly, because he's at the table and he wanted, he wanted us to mention about his deep run in the main event. Congratulations. Good job, Stuart no Young. No one cares. Yeah, you suggested a hand for like the first time in a year and a half. Oh, yeah. so happens I'm at the table. Woo. Um, not only is Stuart Young at the table, another friend of the podcast at the table, Angela Jordanson, who, by the way, has been crushing poker for the last little bit now. I think yeah. she is. If is she like the number five GPI player or something crazy? She's like doing that? incredibly she's, well. She's she just won a one K WPT event. She's she's just final tabling everything right yeah. now. And they're they're you know and they're all like six figure scores. It seems like she's crushing she, it. She it's shot really it into well. the stratosphere this year. She. She first hit the poker scene in a big way to the public side because in like a small tournament series in Central Oregon that nobody cares about, she won outright three tournaments in a row, which yeah. felt impossible because these are fields of like 300 to 500 people, but she did that back like in 2014 or 2015 or something, right? Uh, yeah, something like and that. And since then, she's kind of been rocket shipping a little bit. I mean, she, I would say she's like been doing fine. Yeah. But then she like, I know she put a lot of work in uh, before the WSOP this year, her mm-hmm. and Jackie, our friend Jackie. Um, who are best friends, and they they did it together, and they they did a lot of study, um, and it's paid off beyond sort of imagination, yeah. I would say. So congratulations to her. She's also at the table. So uh, you're happy, Stuart? We ended up talking about Angela more than you. Did you like that? Yeah, Is I, that what you were looking well, for? You know what we didn't say? We didn't say Stuart's been crushing everything. everything <laughs> like Angela has been. But no, a very nice run for both Stuart and yeah, Angela. Course, we want incredible. to give our incredible heartfelt run. congratulations. I'm excited for both of them. Me too. By the way, she's not in the GPI. I, I was wrong. You just that. made it up. I saw someone wrote something like that, but no, maybe you, it was all lies. Made it, up. it could you have just, been all. You're just I guess full it was of shit. Just all lies. You're just Jonathan. Lies, Lyon. lies, lies. You're Jonathan the liar. Anyway, she's she's doing great, and we're happy for her. Yes. Are we happy for Aaron Zhang and Dan Smith? I mean, they're on day four of the main event. They're living the dream. Oh, by the way, you notice she's the number seven female ah. GPI right now. Okay. Also, pretty good. Nothing to spit at. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, back to our regular schedule podcast all right here we go it's 10k 20k it's day four okay it would be nice to know if they're in the money or not i'm not really they sure. they are in the money they're in the sure. money the okay. end of day three is where you get into the money. okay sometimes it's day four depends on the year um anyway it's going to open with a player named alshanti we don't know anything about this player the, doesn't matter the video of the hand doesn't actually start till the turn ali najad recaps what's going on in the hand and that's how we know what happens um by the way, we're going to have solver work done on this by Wesley Cannon. We're going to check that out at the end of the show. Yes, we are. We, we haven't seen it yet. Uh, Alshanti must have a pretty good hand because this person has 440K at 10K, 20K, and they open plus two to 40K. So that must be a pretty good hand. Ace-queen. But we don't know what it is. Ace-jack suited, ace-queen. It's XX. Could be 10-10 based Pro- on what Probably ace-queen. Um, Aaron Zhang 
has two million, so he's got a hundred bigs in the cutoff, and he calls with King Jack off. This is the type of thing that's probably not advised, right? Like, absolutely <laughs> not. This is a bad play when they the, under the gun, a plus two, even the, with twenty two blinds. King Jack off is a terrible hand to be up against, to be to have to take yeah. up against that range. King Jack suited is even like questionable. I think it's absolutely you call almost hoping the big blind comes in too, and you can win a bigger pot. Yeah. Like, you're up against a tight range, and they're probably not going to just always put it in. Unless they're crazy, it's unlikely they're crazy. Yeah, it's the main event. People are playing very carefully, yeah, except yeah. for Aaron Zhang. Zhang is playing a million hands and being very spewy and taking lots of big shots and putting huge pressure on people, and it's been working. Um, but, you know, now he's got to go up against some, some better players. So all of those things that you just said are probably why Dan Smith overcalls on the button with King Jack off himself. King yes. of Spades, Jack of Hearts. This makes a lot more sense than Zhang's call because he knows Zhang is in there already and Zhang has 100 bigs and Smith has him covered. Yeah, that it's 100% what's going. He's like reasonable hand in position, always, almost always in position. I just really but. hope there's not a three-bit out of the blinds and a shove from the opener, even just a three-bit out of the I mean, blinds. there's a lot of bad things that can happen. That happens. Also, the flop comes out and like... We flop top pair, but Al Shanti puts in a huge bet, and maybe we just fold sometimes, yeah. you know? Or, like, he check raises all in after we put some money, and we just have to fold to Al Shanti's range here. But but it doesn't matter, because Zang's going to be so spewy. As long as Zang's in the pot and we have something, we can we can yeah. try and make some money Dan here. Smith's calculation here is, like, if I can get another $2 million into my stack right now, and I have $4.6 and I'm fucking Dan Smith, like... Look out. Guess who's the favorite to yeah. win? It would be me. Yeah. yeah. So he's probably trying to play as many pots with Zang as possible with any reasonable hand. I think so. I mean, if he's got Jack-10 off, I think he's calling here. If he has 9-10 off, he might be calling here. It's like, possible. He might be going way further than that, too. He may be calling 8-7 off, stuff like that, perhaps. I don't know. Again, it gets a little tougher when you've got the early position player who is often just going to win on the flop. So you don't want to just throw away three right. blinds. You or need two a lot of things here. to go right. You need the early position player to not make a hand like that. That's and not already it. have a hand. Like they, ha- they have yeah. a hand a lot. Like when they do, like sometimes people are just going to shove 22 blinds there because it's easier. Yeah. Right. So the fact that this guy chooses not to do it, it may be because he's never shoving 22 blinds, but it may also be because he's got either a premium hand like aces or yep. Kings, um, which would be a problem, yeah. you know? Yep. Anyway, Smith calls. Yeah, it's understandable. Blinds both fold. Pot is 170k. Sounds fine. The flop is Jack of Diamonds, six of clubs, nine of spades. So Zhang and okay. Smith both both flop top pair, second kicker. As Dan Smith, I think we're already like maybe we're gonna have to double up Al Shanti sometimes now with this with this flop. Yeah, it's like right? a little bit too good. Like, are we really gonna fold for 20 more blinds? Seems impossible. I think maybe you are depending on the player in the main event. Maybe if I mean also like he c bets the flop. Let's say for a second Zhang folds as Dan Smith. We call certainly we call turn. He bets again on the turn. We're already, we probably have to call, assuming the turn doesn't get weird. You know, the turn card isn't a, isn't a tough card for us, assuming it's like a brick. Yeah. Probably have to call again, but are we just going to call a shove on the river? I can't. You can't. I mean, like, you have to know this guy is going to be bluffing a lot. Otherwise, we just go call, call, fold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's anyway, the plan. Jack69. Hey, Zhang and Smith are thrilled because El Shanti checks. Ah, uh, Zhang probably wasn't thinking about it either way. So, right? well, Shanti but. probably has 10s or 8s or Ace-King or Ace-Queen. Yep. Some, something like that. Probably uh, Ace-King's tougher to have. It's blocked. But I think Ace-Queen is feels like perfect perfect hand for this. All right. Zhang's going to go ahead and bet. That makes plenty of sense. Yeah. He's got top pair. 95K. No reason for Smith to do anything but call, right? His whole plan is to let Zhang drive the action. It'd be super bad, I think, to raise here, right? Yeah. Because, like... Let's say Zhang doesn't fold. Now, Zhang is a little crazy, but are we really going to put in 100 blinds with one pair, even if it's Yeah, Zhang is allowed to have a hand, even though he's crazy. (laughs) He he can still have a good hand. Yeah, and if he's playing wider, that means he can have more two-pair combos. He can have Jack-9. Now, maybe we can have Jack-9 suited. I don't even... I don't know. Can Zhang even have Jack nine off? I'm not sure. I haven't watched him play enough to know. It's but possible. Who knows? He can certainly have sets of nines and sets of sixes and all sorts of an ace jack. And like, of course, we don't want to inflate the pot. We want to let. We want to also keep all the bluffs alive, right? So it feels very clear. We're calling. It's one of the beautiful things about being in position here. Right. By the way, there's three open enders on this board: queen ten, eight ten, and seven eight. And yep. it's, if Zhang is the crazy guy, it's possible he'll three bet all of them if he has them. And like, that's a spot we might not want to be in. Yeah, that's right. Because we might just end up folding against. Which that is exactly the opposite of the, the, how, yeah. how we'd want to play against this yeah. guy. Yeah, We want to keep the pot small. If he inflates it, we, he inflates it when he still has a, a big bunch of bluffs in his range Yeah, rather than knocking most of those out. Right. Yeah. So Smith calls, and El Shanti folds, and everybody oh. sighs with pleasure. It's <laughs> because they're using Trojan in their ribs. Yeah. The whole table is just like... <laughs> it's it, just it, an orgy. It, it's, it's crazy. Just, it's uncomfortable. They it, have to make... They, for a moment, they have to be like, okay, TVMA, TVMA. It's it, not... 
TV 14 anymore. <laughs> it's more uncomfortable for me and you because we know two of the people actually at the table. Yeah. It's weirder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't but, want to know the people when the... Yeah, the, yeah. The I pleasure would prefer not to have gone in this direction. Yeah, you did though. <laughs> I didn't think about it all the way through when I said what I said. Yeah, but you did it. It's too late now. You know what we can do to distract the people? Yes. All of the people is talk about nitro betting. Oh, please, let's do it. Was that a sigh of pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't talking about nitro betting. Oh, so okay. Please, let's do it. All right. Anyway, nitro betting is the place to be if you want to be cool these days. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's on cool. Instagram, everybody says so. Um, TikTok, buddy. No one, no, Instagram is for grannies and dead people. <laughs> well, you know, they still have money. Yeah. Dead people, especially. Yeah, I mean, if you find a way to get to the money and you pretend to be the dead person, you know, it's great. It's you know, great you, if, you, if you're a grave robber, and I'm not saying you should be, but if you happen to be one, there's a lot of gold in them that are teeth. <laughs> <laughs> them that are teeth, <laughs> yeah. indeed, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Nitro Betting is your friend. I can tell you that because they just got done with this incredible promotion, which is going on now, but it's too late to sign up. It was our, our survivor pool. We were talking about it a lot, you know, and but, that it, it's done, Jonathan. It's over. Okay. I'm sorry to tell you. But everyone, everyone was signed up, remember? So like if they, if they participated, it's great. Yes, of course. But, but they you have could, to participate. Yeah, you have to already be participating. But you don't have to sign up anymore. You just participate. Yeah, you just participate. Just, you're whitelisted. You're in. Yeah. Get out there and get you some. It's too late. But it's too late if you haven't done it. Yeah. But if you have, great, because it's free money. The point Nitro. is they, they put up like a 1000 bucks or more yeah. um, for free just for our people to play an NFL Survivor Pool. And that type of opportunity comes around two to three times a year if you use the link in, our, in the description to sign up for Nitro Betting. You have to use that link when you sign up or you don't get these opportunities. You also don't get to play our monthly tournament, which is another opportunity for great friendship and fun. <laughs> it's like a Care Bears episode every time, mm. you know? Uh, what was your favorite Care Bear? It was the one who had been in prison and it wasn't <laughs> clear if they did it or not, but it was clear that they did care about the other Care Bears. Yeah, you know? yeah. Family the other Care first, Bears were man. a little bit afraid. They're always like... That guy's got a bit of an edge to him, you know? It's like, he's hugging me, but is it going to get... Is he going to start hugging a little harder? I can't tell. One of the Care Bears is like, did he just say our family is our fortress? That's like a little intense <laughs> for the Care Bear world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the tear tattoos and stuff, but, you know... <laughs> But you know, he had, but he had to do that when he was in jail. Otherwise, he's going to get destroyed. He's a fucking Care Bear. Right. Think about it. And he's my favorite Care Bear because that's that's a depth of character that is not usually accomplished yes. in the Care Bears. You know, usually it's more like I love hugs. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little more. Right. I, I, you have to be on board with me, right? You like you uh, like him the best. It's more like Blackbird that show on Apple TV <laughs> now. You know, where it's like, you know, did that guy yeah. kill all those all those people or not? It's like that, <laughs> but it's Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, nitro betting, I guess. Yeah, yeah, nitro betting. Use the link. Uh, free stuff. Really cool. Sports betting, casino games, poker. Let's go! All right. There's 360k in the pot. There's King Jack off for both Zhang and Smith. Okay. The board was a rainbow board, so suits are not going to play into it. It's now a full rainbow on the King of Diamonds' turn. Oh, it's not a full rainbow. It's the second diamond. Never mind. Gosh. I lied again. I do it all the time. Yeah. About the I'm the, aware the suits of things. Um. Well, I, I want to make sure. I'm going to double check because I, I thought it was a full rainbow, but maybe that was a different hand that we were talking about. Boy, that's good. Well, it's good to know that what you're going to do is waste There's There is the a king of diamonds. Okay, okay. it's a second Two diamond. Diamonds. Okay. That could be a factor. Yeah, absolutely. 360K in the pot. King, jack, six, nine, two diamonds. Both players have king, jack. Uh, let's see. Neither player has a diamond because the king and the jack are both diamonds. Yep. Zhang checks. He's the aggressor. Weird, weird Very, check. very weird. Okay, queen 10 comes in. Yeah. So maybe we're trying to control pot control a little bit. Just go bit. check call, check call. That that's fine. That's a totally fine line in a tournament. Yes, I you got know. no problem with that. I mean, generally you would bet here, but it's okay to check call. Yeah, like if if Smith has all of the open enders and suited form preflop, this is a potentially scary card. Mm-hmm. You know, so check call, check call is a fine line. Um, so he checks. Smith is going to bet two hundred fifteen k. Right. Queen 10 comes in, and Zhang could have it, too. But when he checks, he especially is less likely to have it. I mean, I think we're supposed to bet here and try and get value out of a unfeeling jack. An unfeeling jack, yeah. yes. Jack that's like, I don't care. Or maybe maybe King 10 we can get value out of, too. King 10 might play King 10 like and this. King Queen. Yep. Both the same thing, basically. Yeah, They're that's both right. Flopped gut shots and turned top pair. And against Smith's range, I think checking might be the right line with those hands. It's at least a pretty reasonable line. Yeah, you might scare them off if you bet again the worst hands. Yeah. You can certainly not fold out better hands. Um, we're very happy to put money in the pot, but we don't want to inflate it too much. Yeah. So it's very reasonable. It's okay to bet, too, but I think it's fine to check. Yeah. yeah. 
So Smith bets 215. Okay. King Queen would be King 10 is the best case scenario for Smith because then the, the outs are only the straight. Um, for mm-hmm. Zhang, that's the dream. Here's what Zhang does. Let's see if Jonathan Levy likes it. He raises to 675K. Jonathan Levy's looking at me like, you knew I didn't like this. I'm also like, you keep mentioning that last name, and I don't know. It feels like there's still remnants from earlier in the show where you're I'm saying like, it differently now. You're like, uh, you got an issue with uh, the tribe now? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Stop it. No. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Always trying to right. pay me as an anti <laughs> Every opportunity. <laughs> it's, you know. You know your business is tied to me, right? It's the shoe fits. <laughs> um, okay. Some people, you know how there's a couple episodes ago at this point yeah. where we did a whole bit about how you said something about us not being real friends. And then I went into a thing where like, yeah, we're not real friends. Like, and, and we kind yeah. of played the roles of like you really feeling like, Oh shit, Grant really thinks we're not real friends. Yeah. And I was wondering what percentage of the audience believed that and we decided it was like less than 20%. Yeah. I think what percentage of the audience thinks I'm anti-Semitic? <laughs> like, are it's you... less than whatever percentage believe the yeah. other thing, but it's still not zero. It's probably not zero. I mean, if they thanks, heard the way you said my name to, early in the thanks show. Thanks to you, it's not zero. It's great. <laughs> I mean, some of them picked up on it anyway based on the way you were like, and Jonathan Levy and those people. What I never said those. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're doing it again. <laughs> this is a great gaslighting opportunity, and I have to take it. Yeah, you love that. Yeah. Anyway, I hopefully very few percentage, very small percentage thinks you are, you know, anti-Semitic. Um, I don't believe you are, just for the record. Okay? Thanks, man. So you can, we can play that in court I appreciate after that. I'm dead. <laughs> that's really wonderful. Thank yeah. you. Um, okay. So let's talk about this raise, though, because that's the interesting thing. Yeah. <laughs> among, among all the other among, <laughs> among whole anti-Semitism <laughs> discussion. <laughs> Which, not interesting at all. Um, no, I do not like this raise. I really don't like this raise, actually. I've got real issues with this raise, mainly because I'm I, I think Zhang should be much more concerned about continuing range than he seems to be here. Uh, like, a raise to 675 is a big deal at this point, right? That's, that's 33 and a half blinds, right? Yep. Or, yeah, 33, a little less than 34 blinds. That's a big chunk of these guys' stack. If this gets called, the pot is bigger. The, the, the stack-to-pot ratio is problematic mm-hmm. um, for both players. Like, cool, I got called... Do I definitely have the best hand? Do we have the best hand if we're called? I can think of some hands that can call us that we're beating. We get seven, eight might call us, but might just fold. Seven, eight of diamonds. Okay. Might call us. Eight, ten of diamonds. May, may call us, but might just fold. Of diamonds will call. Yeah. But that's two combos. I think the other ones are probably just going to fold right now because they're like, I could be up against queen, ten and dead. Like if I don't have diamonds and too. By the way, queen, ten is not going to fold. And that has us in big trouble. You know what else isn't going to fold? A set of nines and a set of sixes. Which Smith may have... Slow played on the flop because it's Aaron Zhang. Because it's Aaron his, Zhang. His whole plan is to get Aaron Zhang to put the stack in. Yeah. Um, I, there are a few hands that maybe uh, Dan Smith can call that are clearly worse, though, besides just those two diamond combos we came up with. One of them is Jack-9 suited, which I think is possible for him to have here because yeah. Aaron Zhang called. And Now, I don't know if Aaron knows that, but I think we can see if Dan's calling King Jack off, he's probably calling Jack-9 suited. Yeah. Um, that's how we can have 8-10 suited, too, right? Um, the other hand, though, that really works but is problematic because it's blocked is King-10 and King-Queen. Yeah. Right? Those are hands that absolutely he, um, Dan Smith can have here. Call on the flop, turn the king, and feel like he has to call the turn. Yeah. So we can get value out of those. But we block those hands, so it's not super great. Right. And there's not any diamond combos to protect against except for those open-enders, right, that would possibly be here after the flop because the king and the jack are both diamonds. Yeah. So it's hard to imagine Smith having, like, I guess he could have floated with a two-back door hand like ace-10 of diamonds. Seems, I guess that's I don't, possible. I don't buy it. With Alshanti behind him still and just going to check-raise some of the yeah. time, I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't really... Alshanti knows that... Uh, Frickin' Zhang is also a maniac and might check over pairs sometimes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think Dan Smith really has a big sigh of relief when Alshanti folds and doesn't check raise all in. Yeah. There's got to be a bunch of those coming. Right. Right. So Zhang raises to 675. And I didn't see enough of Aaron Zhang to know, like, does he just have a lot of random hands when he does this? Is he just, like, complete maniac? I don't remember exactly because it's been a while. And I, I watched just all the highlights that um, PokerGo was putting out every day. But they were also showing like an hour or two hours of these things on YouTube every day. So there was a lot. There was a reasonable amount. I remember he was in a, what felt like a million hands and he was always playing them aggressively. I don't think they are like completely random cards. Like they aren't like any two. It's not like King 7 off suit he's going to show up with. But I think he might be able to show up with like Ace 8 off and stuff like that. Um, so like 
hands that you wouldn't play but aren't wildly outside ranges but the I way, even like, mean, some of those other hands are? I mean the post-flop action, too. Like, random to the post-flop action. Oh, I think so. I think he can show up with random to the post-flop So post he could have ace-eight here, you think? I don't think it's impossible. I think he might have bet once and now be check-raising because he's like, you know, I can put pressure on you. I think it's at least possible. Hmm. I, I, it's been a while since I watched this, so my memory's a little fuzzy of all the, all the plays. I just remember... Holy shit, that guy put a lot of chips in constantly and put pressure on people constantly. So then he almost has to have hands that don't always, you know, make sense with the board to do that. Right. So obviously the only play for Smith here is to call against that player when you have top two. Yes. There are there players in the main event field who you would fold with Dan Smith's hand. Hundred percent. Yeah, because they have Easy. they have Queen Ten every time. It's a yeah, and if they don't have Queen Ten, they've got a set of nines. Yeah. Like they are scared and protecting, right? Because right. they should just bet the, those hands, right? And yeah. get called hopefully two more times. Um, I think it's a very easy fold against certain opponents, against all the good opponents, against anyone who's got speed to their game at all. You can't just fold top two right. on this turn, um, I don't think. It's, it's an four. overall pretty scary spot, but this might be one of the better players to be in it against. Exactly. Dan Smith. Exactly. Like He could have a gut shot here. Yeah. He could have ace-ten. He you could know. have four or five suited, apparently, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe. maybe. He might have four or five of diamonds, you know? Exactly. He, he, he may have just turned it. He took a shot, and then he turns a diamond draw, and he's like, oh, I'm going to play this to actually win the hand. Yeah. You know? It's an interesting way to play it, actually, if, you, if you've bet the flop, which yeah. you didn't have to. But if you decided to, to check raise the turn, pretty, pretty strong. Yeah. Anyway, Smith calls. Seems right. I don't see how he could do anything else. But he's already like, I mean, sometimes I just lose most of my chips here when a brick comes and the guy's got... Queen 10 or 9-9, nine, nine, right? That, that's going to happen sometimes. But he's Aaron Zhang. The whole point was to be in these spots against him. Right. So there's 1.7 million in the pot. Zhang has 1.2 million remaining. I mean, wow. Yeah. It's a pretty high leverage spot we're in here. Same hand, King Jack, King Jack. The river is not dry. It's the 10 of hearts. It's not a diamond, but it is the 10 of hearts. So the board now reads Jack of diamonds, 6 of clubs, 9 of spades, King of diamonds, 10 of hearts. Wow. So there's a 9-10 jack and king out there. Any queen is a straight. Also, 7-8, if it was there, gets there. Now, right. a queen being a straight is still a problem, but I'm just saying, like, another very strong hand does come in on top of... That's beating these two top, these top two pair of hands. You know what I mean? Hey, audience, I have a question. Do you want to hear about a play that makes Jonathan mad? I think we're going to talk about it. I think the answer is yes, definitely. I'm just going to do it for the audience. Thank okay, you. so here, here we go. Yeah. Aaron Zhang bets 780K. Jonathan, instead of getting mad, okay. defend the play. Oh, you son of a bitch. Okay, okay, let's try it. All right, here we go, here we go. <laughs> All right, why would we do this instead of, say, check and maybe try and pick off a bluff? Um, okay, one thing we're not doing is trying to fold out the same hand. I don't believe that's in play here. No. It wouldn't occur to us to do Are we trying to get called by King-10, which made two pair? I don't believe that. I don't believe we should be trying to do that either. I think what we're... Okay, what I think is actually happening, let's start there, and then I'll see if I can find a way to defend it. I'm very pessimistic. Is he doesn't want to have to call himself, so he's putting the onus on Dan to, to make the call, basically, right? That's what's going on. Um, Dan really can't ever raise him, ever, right? Because ace-queen... Zang can have ace-queen, and Dan can't. Yeah. So Dan can only ever call this bet. By the way, we could bet less than as a result. That's what I was thinking. We could bet 500K. If we're doing all the same stuff, then maybe we can once in a while get called by worse hands too, like worse two pair and stuff. Yeah. Um, if Dan can't raise us, gosh, we should, we should real. If Dan ever raises, we can just fold anyway. Like, so we get to save more when he raises. He really, I don't even know if he can raise queen 10. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I think, a, I think a small bet is really called for. I don't even know if we need to bet 500. What if we bet 400? Yeah, that seems fine to me. Is Dan going to make a big bluff here? I don't believe There's that. no blockers to have on this board when it's really like right. the it's queen one, is the, the lingering You thing. have it or you don't. Yeah. If you don't have the queen. If you block the queen, guess what? You have a straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing to think about there. And every and like having um, king, king jack, I guess, blocks queen jack and king queen. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that is some of the most likely queens. But then why would we bet so much as Zhang? Why are we worried about it? Shouldn't we be checking? Yeah. We're not trying to fold out 7-8. I don't believe we're trying to do that, right? I believe Dan Smith is calling with 7-8. Yeah. I really do. Uh, yeah, that should be made clear. 7-8 is also a straight. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Dan Smith is doing with a set, but I don't think we're trying to bluff out better hands. It doesn't seem reasonable to me. I think we're just trying to not have to think about this and put the onus on him. Having the same hand as him 
actually makes this kind of an awesome play, yeah. but only because of that very unlikely thing when Dan absolutely has 6-6, six, 9-9, six, nine, nine, King-10. Um, Queen-Jack. Queen-Jack. I guess he has King-Queen, and we might successfully fold out that too. We're not going to um, fold out King-Queen. That's a straight. Oh, sorry. King-Queen's a straight. Yeah, yeah. That's, we're never going to fold that out. Queen-Jack and King-Queen are, are hands that Dan might play this way, and yeah. you know, we're, we're getting called by those. Yes. By the way, Dan can have Queen-10 in a fight this way yeah. too. We Absolutely. Get, we check raise the turn. And he's like, well, I'm never going to raise this fucking guy, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to call and call all rivers no matter what comes. Yeah. Like, the board compare and it can be a diamond. I guess the, the queen of diamonds comes or the ten of diamonds comes. Maybe you can consider yes. folding. Even then, I don't think Dan Smith folds to this guy. Probably uh, not. So there may be no scenario where he folds with if he's got queen ten. I don't believe he's going to re-raise queen ten on the turn against this guy. No, I don't think so So either. if Dan can have the nuts... No, what were the nuts anyway on the turn? Also, I just don't know what the hell we're doing here. I, I, I'm struggling mightily beyond the, the momentary um, relief emotionally of not having to be like, fuck, I hope he doesn't bet a lot and then I'm not going to know what to do and have to feel that. Besides that, and I might make a mistake, oh no, um, this feels like just a huge mistake. I don't know if we should bet at all. I think we probably shouldn't. I guess we could bet really, really small, even less than 400K. I like checking Personally, diamonds missed, right? Yeah. I like checking and giving Dan Smith a chance to bluff if he's got a bluffing hand. Check check and mostly call. Yeah. Yeah. I like that play, too. I don't mind, actually, a smaller bet that much either. Like, one that could actually get called by weaker hands. So so do you think 400K can get called by weak, enough weaker hands that it's worth doing? I'm no, not sure. No, I think checking is better. So maybe 200K can get called by a weaker hand? That opens us up to a weird game tree. Yep. I agree. This is why... Here yeah. we are back to, like you're saying, check is better. I yeah, think. I think checking is the play. Let's keep all of Dan's bluffs alive rather than have him fold out to weird diamonds that like ace-10 of diamonds or something like that that um, you know, made a pair on the river but knows it's no good. But maybe, and, and after we check race, maybe even feels like it has to bluff but sees it as an opportunity to bluff. It blocks ace-queen. I don't know. I'm just making things up here, but possible. That's a hand that could have called the turn, right? Yeah. Um, maybe feel, although against this guy, maybe he doesn't even feel it has to bluff a, a 10. Maybe he feels like he checks back and wins enough of the time against this guy specifically. It's possible. But I think the move is you check and you let... Often it goes check, check. In this case, I think it always goes check, check. Yeah. I don't think Dan's going to bet here. I don't think. I don't think against so. Against this weird spewy player? I don't think so. You don't want to so. open yourself up to a weird random check shove. Right. And what if he has 7-8 and made this? Yeah. You know, and, now, and now it feels like he has to call. Like why are we, Or a set, of, a set of nines. Yeah. He check raised the turn. Like yeah. he's he's polarized, and he should be polarized really past our hand. He should. I think he should be better or worse than this hand. Not, yeah. Not anywhere in between. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, everything's yeah. Hand. There's nothing in between this hand. I guess. Well, I guess it's of course this, everything this is hand exactly. Than this this hand. hand exactly is in between. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess what I mean to say is he's got a very good hand that probably you know like like it's hard it's hard to get him to fold a better hand. It's hard to get him call with a worse hand. What the hell? What, we're just probably going to check back after we get check raised on yeah. the turn on this board, right? I think. Yeah. So we don't like Zhang's bet. I think this just has to be a check. All right. It happens nonetheless. He bets two thirds of his remaining stack. How should Dan? He's got Smith... twenty blinds left. He started with hundred and fifteen blinds. Well, this could be a whole lighting money on fire scenario. Yeah. Fortunately for Zhang, it's not going to be most likely. Unless somehow Smith bluffs him off the hand, but no, why would that happen? That's, Dan Smith doesn't have the blockers to do it unless he's going to say king queen and queen jack are blocked. Yeah, I guess you could decide that, but come on, there's, right. there's no blocker to have. As How do saying. you react to this bet as Dan Smith? I think we we crumple up inside a little bit on this card because some of the things that we were losing to, sorry, we were beating on the turn we are now losing to. Yep. Um, there could be some weird stuff in there. He, Aaron Zhang really might have played ace-queen like this. Yeah. It's not impossible. It's not. Um, so, like, uh, that's bad. He might have played king-queen like this. The f yeah. Um, he might have played king-ten like this. He might have played queen-ten like this. Yeah. Yeah. So all sorts of weird stuff in here. Um, the he should only be betting a queen or better, though, right? He yeah. should never turn a set into a bluff here. No. I don't even know if it's a bluff, but he should never be betting a set. He should never be betting top it's two. It's kind of the same as why he shouldn't be betting top two. Yeah, it's the same thing. So he should never have those hands. So it should be queen or better or we're winning. Yeah. How often does he have a queen or better? We do block. Okay, let's talk about it. We do block king-queen. We do block queen-jack. Yeah. Those are... I mean, blocking king-queen sounds pretty good right now. He did check-raise the turn. Would he actually check-raise the turn with king-queen when he really doesn't have to with top pair? I think his most likely bluffs, just to look at the other side, are just diamonds that have missed now. Yeah. Um, that 
took a random shot on the right. flop and check raised the turn. Right. And some of those contain a queen. That's the problem. Great point. Great point. Um, I don't know how many because usually they have a they had a pair on the turn also. Mm, let's see. He could have like queen nine of diamonds. That's a pair of nines. Yeah. Uh, which he could have bet on the flop. And then he turns this the combo the, draw. The combo draw with the nine. The nine doesn't feel good enough. Check raise. When Dan bets, he decides yeah. to check raise. He's also weird and random and does yeah. as we see. Look what he bet on the river. Like it's and check raise the turn with. Yeah. Like so I guess he can do that with And his maybe other he can have Queen sometimes. Eight of Diamonds. I don't know much maybe. about Aaron Zank. I don't know it, either. Because in that case he has a gut shot on the flop. He turns the diamond draw to go with it. He decides to check raise it. Yeah. Um, That's more reasonable. Yeah. Um, from a the turn check raise point of view, yeah. right? Yeah. It's really hard to to range this guy. It seems like he's making just a lot of big river bets regularly. The problem is he check-raised the turn. This is sort of problematic for Dan, because like you're saying, we shouldn't really be able to beat anything but diamonds here and some weird, spewy nonsense. Right. right? Yeah. Everything else we should be losing to anyway. Right. Like, And we, as Dan Smith, might not bet a set of nines on the river, but maybe we think Aaron Zhang would. I mean, I now think Aaron Zhang yeah. would. So but... that's a problem for Dan when considering yes. whether or not he should call. He's like, oh, a lot of the stuff that I would never bet that's beating me is actually betting here. And yeah. that's a problem. So all I'm beating now is missed diamonds. And a lot of the diamonds actually have a straight now. Like seven, eight of diamonds might be part of that range as well. Yes. Like in right. any, any queen X of diamonds that Zhang would play this way, which who knows how expansive that is. It could be pretty expansive. So yeah. we're down to like, we hope he has ace four of diamonds, you know, and is just taking a random shot on the flop and check raising the turn, which feels like a big parlay for almost any player. The other thing it's important to ask as Dan Smith is, if we fold right here, what are we left with? Right, we have we put in a fair amount of chips right now in this pot, but we've only having said that we've actually only put in like eight hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, we still have a hundred blinds in our stack. Really? Yeah, a hundred blinds. Yeah, almost one point nine million. Oh wow. Okay, so if we call this and we're wrong, we're gonna give up like a third of that stack. Yeah, right now it's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially as Dan Smith, who I think you know, is probably more skilled than almost the rest of the field. Even having Dan Smith at 100 blinds is incredible. An incredible spot. By the way... He gets to stay on this guy's left the whole time, too. By the way, when you're on Aaron Zhang's left, it's not, you're not looking for this opportunity. Right. There's going to be other opportunities. Exactly. And if you maintain the 100 blind stack and can get a full 100 blinds from Zhang at any point, that's a lot better than Zhang having three times your stack or two and a half times your stack. Yeah. And you can get 66 blinds from Zhang, and then you have to do it again in order to actually get all of Zhang's chips. Mm -hmm. I think he probably should not try to go for it here. He's like Mike McDee at the golf club right now, where Worm's like, you, ha you had him, take yeah. him. And Mike's like, I didn't have him. It wasn't the time. Yeah. You know, you got to wait. You got to find the right spot. That's this exact spot. I think you are right. I think from Dan Smith's point of view, ultimately, he gets to sit on this guy's left. If the night was ending, maybe we'd be more open to making this call because we don't know if we're ever going to be in a spot this yeah. good for the rest of the tournament. True. Right? But if we've got hours to go... I don't know how we... I think we should wait for... There's almost certainly going to be two or three more spots like this. All we got to do is find one or two where we can make the call comfortably. And guess what? Yep. Bam. We're, we're way in profit. It's it, huge. It's almost like a cash game. Like, if, if there's hours left and we're this deep against this guy, it's like, why would we take the marginal spot if we know right. this is a game that's going to last for a long time and I'm going to have more spots? It can be easy to get caught up in... And I did this recently in a cash game, even, where it's like, the mar you just take all the marginal spots, you call with all, in the, all the marginal spots, and after a while, it's like, if I've got as big an edge as I think I do in this spot, why in the world am I playing all the marginal spots? Like, I just don't need to. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. The big spots is where all the money is. Yep. So let's just do that. Yep. Yeah. And that's what Dan Smith does. He folds. And yeah, I, think, I like it. I think that's overall the right choice, even against the spewy guy. I it's, think. A, it's really supposed to go check, check on the river, but... There's too many ways that Smith is beat even against the spewy guy. Yeah. You know, it's just... That's right. It's just how it works. The fact that the spewy guy can show up with like a set of sixes here, which he clearly can, yeah, um, is really problematic for Dan too. And if Dan, I don't know if Dan knows that or not. Although Dan is probably getting all, you know, this is getting streamed out. They're on the feature table, yeah. So he actually is getting thirty minutes later what this guy's hands were and how he how he's playing. But it's hard to be in this to like see an example of a hand yes. that would lead you to to know exactly what's going on. Of in course, this, but. but you might know that he's making weird thin value bets. If they're even value bets or blocking bets that are big and like on scary boards, but where he has enough that like, you know, he shouldn't be doing it. It's that he's got too much value to do it. 
if Dan Smith knows that at all, which I don't know if he knows or not, but he might. Yeah. That's like, that's just, that's a clear reason to fold here too, right? Because it's yeah. not just like nuts or nothing type of a spot. I like the fold, even though it ends like up too. looking like Zhang like owned him, but I don't think that's what happened. Yeah, I think it's a good fold. I think Zhang really misplayed this hand. I think Dan Smith played it great. I honestly. agree, which is not a surprise because Dan Smith is one of the best tournament players in the world. Dan Smith has 39 million in earnings. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> Let's see what yeah. the solver thinks. Okay. Wesley Cannon piled it up for us. Let's find out what Pio thinks. I wonder if there's going to be any surprising outputs, Jonathan. There always are, especially because Pio doesn't know it's the main event. I mean, it's so different already that it's, that it's the main event, and Pio cannot account for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's wildly different. So it's really important. And, of course, there's going to be tighter spots than what Pio would want you to do before we even get into it. I don't know everything the solver said, but I'm, that's clear. All right, let's do the flop, the obvious stuff. Okay. The solver likes Zhang's bet. Cool. Smith sh- should mainly be flatting. Cool. Everybody did well. It's pretty great, easy. Great, great. Yeah. On the turn, this is where Zhang you know, deviates from what the solver wanted to do. It wants Zhang to bet 100% of the yeah. time with King Jack. That makes sense. Yeah, 100% of the time. Um, yeah, makes plenty of sense. Smith can either check or bet when checked to. That is really interesting. Now, yeah. I guess the only reason I can think to check here that the solver could be thinking is like that Zhang is now so weak when that king comes, it's just check, he's just checking folding so much that you want to have some checkbacks with even a strong hand like this mm-hmm. to like keep him around and try and get value on the river. But there's so many, it's a wet enough board and a dynamic enough board. I'm surprised the solver feels this way. Well, Jonathan's going to want to punt Pio into the sun, and Pio's going to want to punt Jonathan into the sun. Really? Because the solver likes Zhang's raise. It's, it thinks the raise makes him 150K. It's just because it doesn't understand the context. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you're going to do some sun punting or anything like that? No, I don't want to punt. I don't want to punt the solver in the sun. I understand the solver is kind of dumb in this way. Yeah. You know? It doesn't, like, if it was a cash game, I understand it a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. There's, it's okay. You can go back in your pocket. It's fine. Um, but what's the plan if, when, when Smith doesn't fold, basically? Yeah. It's really a problem. As we see, it becomes... Zane gets himself in a really weird spot that he doesn't have to put himself in. Yeah, and he gets himself in that spot by, by Smith calling the turn. And that's correct, according to Pio. It's a pure call, as the solver boys say. Good, good, good. On the river. Here we go. Not a big surprise. Zhang can only value bet straight. Yeah. This hand needs to check. So so I guess he can value bet 7-8, though, is what they're saying. Because, yeah. Because you, if you check, you're a queen's betting anyway. Right. So, of course, we can value bet 7-8. That's but good. Yeah. yeah, of course this hand needs to check. Good God. Uh, and Smith's hand is mostly a fold. Yeah. So that, that makes plenty of sense, too. It does. And even without the context, it's mostly a fold. Yeah. All right. Well, a few interesting outputs there. But overall, on yeah. the river, I'm, I'm glad that the solver didn't want to bet Zhang's hand. That oh would have been gosh. like, come on, man, really? That would have been hard for me. Yeah. That happened sometimes. That would have been really hard But this hard one is me. not. It's fine. We can sleep easy. Yeah. And, I, and by the way, the solver wants to bet King Jack 100% of the time on the turn. So while it has some check raises, it essentially is never in that spot. Yeah, it's that's like, true. You know, so there's, there aren't that many um, parts of the game tree that's, even, that's like an untouched, you know, the road never takes The zone isn't, isn't available for entry. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. So like, uh, I, I think, yeah, he should be betting King Jack here too, for sure. It's like, please call with Ace Jack. I'm Aaron Zhang. Like, you're going to call me twice, right, with worse hands because... I can't. I, I can absolutely not have it, and you can't really raise me because I absolutely can't have queen ten. So if you raise, and that is actually what Wesley input to the solver exactly those sentences that you said, and <laughs> really? that's how we got these outputs. Oh, that's good. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 All right. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to...